Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame today. I'm with Dan Sorallo. Said your name right. Thank God. How are you today, Dan? Outstanding. And you nailed it. Impressive. <laughs> yep. Yeah, hey, listen. Uh, but before we start the podcast, everyone, you know what it is. We, we got to thank everyone for listening and to remember, if you are a Patreon member, we have three, count them, three different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days to a week early so you can, so you can even listen to next week's next week's podcast, which means you can hear that podcast today if you're in that top tier. So basically you get a preview, actually not even a preview, but you get to listen to next week's episode already. That's pretty dope, isn't it? So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Dan, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So we're going to start with a simple question. The simplest question ever. What got you into filmmaking? What was the earliest childhood memory, if there was one, that got you into what you do today? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I guess when I was a kid, I was doing the, uh, I did the whole acting thing, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I did the stage. That's, uh, came from a, yeah, from the old musical theater background. So yeah, when I was a kid, uh, you know, you do all those little, uh, what is it called? Gate programs or whatnot. And my, I forget what it was called, but different, you know, from state to state, but <clears throat> parents got me enrolled in that and, you know, do a couple plays, you know, uh, within school and outside of school, little programs and, you know, kind of got into that a little bit and. In uh, high school, ended up uh, getting into the musical theater. So back in California, my town that I'm from, there's a that was like kind of crazy to think about now the way things are now. But uh, there's this huge theater, six seven hundred seat two story, and like it's pretty pretty good size for just a regular. That's in your high school? Uh, yeah, not what well, well, there's two high schools in the same city. One of them had this fantastic oh, okay. theater. Uh, we had like a you know like our gym and our multi purpose room, but the other place had this beautiful theater that had been around for like thirty four. What town are you from again? Sorry to cut well, you off. Not at all. It's called Pleasanton, California. Pleasanton. Yeah, it's all black and white. You know, okay. and Toby, Toby McGuire. Not, is that what his name? Toby McGuire. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Pleasanton. Um, so yeah, uh, this place is called the Amador Valley Theater, and it's on high school grounds. But mostly they used it for like community theater and stuff like that. So that for my for my actual big. Um, experience with that is yeah I was 15 16 and freshman in high school and they would put on the spring musical right and normally it was sort of uh you know seniors juniors that sort of thing yeah, they, they'd yeah. get the lead roles and you know if you're a freshman or whatnot they'd give you the you know the background ensemble or you'd be the curtain puller or the very rarely would a sophomore or freshman get that lead role right so yeah yeah i don't know how i didn't know if that's the same everywhere in the united states because i know you're from back east yeah but similar then um so <clears throat> 
I actually got the lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was uh, believe it or not, Joseph in the amazing Technicolor dream coat. Funny story about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like <laughs> so that's the second time that's mentioned to me in the last day because uh-huh. someone my mom talked about Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat, and then like two uh-huh. days prior to that, I met Donny Osmond. So I was I'm like, say talk about Donny Marie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, uh, that's just weird, but. Uh, yeah. Tangent. Sorry. That, that's cool, man. That was the that was the era too. So that yeah. was that's why the, the school chose to do it at the time. Great play too. It's a pretty friggin' good play. I mean, I kind of fell fell out of the whole musical theater thing by now, but um, during the time in San Francisco, which is right there, right by where I'm from, they were putting on a big production of it. Mm. So the, somehow the school got a hold of all the stuff from the Orpheum. So all the big sets and the costumes and this and that, they actually gave, they donated to the school. So we ended up with this incredible production of a high school thing. Wow, that's incredible. And uh, I remember, yeah, that it, it was it was a it was a little bit of a to do, you know, yeah. for for a small smaller town that I'm from like that. It was pretty cool. People were lining up around the block to see it. It was a really cool little experience, especially for me. If yeah, you know, 15, 16 year old. And you're Joseph kid. too. And I was Joseph, and uh, and I could barely carry a tune, but I could do it. How, uh, how did you get that role? Like that's pretty <clears> impressive, especially like you said, what sophomore you were? Uh, yeah, soft sophomore. No, I was a freshman. Freshman, sorry, I was freshman. a freshman. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they, you know, the audition process. That was one of my first, you know, real audition processes. Were you scared shitless? Uh, you know what? I was pretty confident at the time. I remember I, I remember walking in there, and I remember kind of, you know, doing the thing where you, where you hear about actors going into the to the ready room, right? And they look around yeah. at, the, at the fellow competition, and you're like, like <laughs> I'm going. I'm, you know, even though I never sang before or did anything yeah. like that, I know I can, I can nail this one. So, uh, yeah, I went in there, and I remember I sang, um, we're bringing back memories now, I sang uh, Rent. How would I, I thought was that one Roger song to Mimi I sang. And, I have no uh, idea. Never saw Rent. Yeah, great. Oh, see it, man. It's fantastic. But uh, it was it was just a piano thing, yeah. and it was a thing, and something about your eyes, your eyes, or something. Anyway, I sang that, and uh, yeah, there it was. Uh, they 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 told me really quickly afterwards. They said, "Oh wow, that, you know." That basically, I think it was you can't sing very well, but you sure say, you sure delivered that with some passion. Uh, so, but I, I did, uh, I, I, I was all right by the end there. And the, the last little thing I remember from that, that I experienced was that during the actual, um, performance of it, we had, um, we had a live orchestra, the, yeah. whole, the whole deal, right? It's pretty awesome. The whole nine yards. When whole, usually whole when nine. you get the musical year, uh, musical spring semester, I think at yeah. a lot of Yeah. They had the fall day. play, right? And then, yeah. I, and then they did the, the spring musical, which was, was always over the top. Anyway. <clears throat> so I remember one night I'm out there and we had the little, you know, the wireless yeah. mics back then. Uh, it was pretty neat. And I go out there for my big solo scene where I'm the only one on, you know, and I'm singing the Close Every Door song. And uh, out there, and I start to sing, Mike's not working. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, you know, I, I know, like, you know, Sarah Brightman or uh, what's her name? What's it? Michael Crawford. They'd have yeah. no problem with that. They just belt that shit out. But I'm going, oh, man. Uh, and I remember it was, it was one of those moments where you can't stop. Yeah. And the conductor, I remember... Uh, he, he was an adult. He was like the band leader and the like. And I remember he immediately, um, you know, just kind of recognized, oh, shit, he's in trouble. Like, yeah. you know, there's, you know, we're going to overpower him type thing. So he used, he was the quietest, you know, like he's kind of, you know, I guess, yeah. you know, you're looking at him as well as the audience. <laughs> and also you're looking at yourself in the third person because yeah. you're freaking out. And, out of body uh, experience. Out of body experience. <laughs> but he's just, just doing one of these, you know, like slow, quiet, quiet, quiet. So I could sing and. I sang that song, man. I tell you, bro, um, uh, my mother will relate the story better. She would say that you could hear a pin drop in that place, that it was just people were very respectful. And wow. Just, and they gave me that opportunity and, uh, you know, whatever. So that was my big, uh, that was my big acting moment. So for a, that's a long way to answer, answer to your question about where I got started. But <clears throat> that, was, that was sort of the last uh, 
big acting thing I did, you know, and then we went on to, you know, in, in high school, there's like uh, guys and dolls they did and, yeah. uh, and other things like that. West Side Story, I was Chino, so I got to kill, uh, kill uh, Tony at the end there. Um, but other than that, uh, by, by, I guess that's right afterwards is when I sort of kind of diverted into the filmmaking. Okay. So come junior, senior year, they offered a new class and it was uh, video production. Oh. And that had not ever been offered before. I'm like, pretty cool and they had this non-linear editing system that yeah. just come out and i'm like That's, you know when i was a kid i'd mess around making movies and whatnot yeah just with the what like a mini dv tape uh, oh it was way before that oh, buddy that was the super, vhs uh, on the eight. yeah yeah no no the full-on vhs tap on oh, the shoulder, okay. like you know how you carry well, on the super box. uh the i know what you're talking about because my parents had that one and you put the tape in there yeah, the full, well. yeah, yeah. full vhs tape. Yeah. yeah that was the era we were making movies uh yeah and holy moly but uh yeah my first one was uh Little little spaceship was on a piece of was on a string. Yeah, and we pulled the string, and the spaceship would you know oh, cool. go, go across yeah, yeah. the thing. That was like when I was ten, eleven years old. Anyway, uh, so in in high school, I got into Final Cut Pro. I was introduced to yeah. that, and I went, oh, "Holy moly, this is pretty cool! You can do effects, and you can like you know you you really started to see, oh wow, you could actually create a film if one were so inclined, and you had the the knowledge and uh, the talent." Um, so I got into that and I started running our little news program, you know, the, the school news, mm -hmm. whatever like that. And I thought this would be cool for maybe jazz it up a little bit. And this is when we did the, or when daily show, remember that with John Stewart? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was kind of big in the, in the time. So I remember that I'm like, we'll do this, something called the weekly show. Cause we had it once a week. So, yeah. and we, instead of doing like the regular, you know, the lunch menu this week is, uh, you know, da, 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 we decided to do like some parody stuff. Okay. And we, we tried to make it as close to like something that was entertaining. And I always thought that was something that was missing. Yeah. And people actually started enjoying it. So that was kind of like my first real step into the filmmaking world. And I thought, this is pretty neat, you know, what you can make and different stuff. And uh, started making little short films around the end of uh, high school there and premiere them at the local coffee house. You oh, know, that's dope. Stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it was few people show up whatever hey, no it's more than no one yeah i mean it was it was it was cool it was fun and uh that was sort of my introduction to it um but as far as like actually starting it as a business and making money it was wedding videography okay which i, I think many people kind of start off in it was right out of high school how'd was, you get your first wedding then um i i it was all word of mouth oh, okay it was 100 word of mouth um yeah, I worked at a place called Club Sport, and I was a climbing instructor mm. uh, while I was, you know, finishing up school there. And <clears throat> there's some gal who's getting married. She, uh, I got a camera, you know, yeah. type thing. And I was getting into that sort of thing, and I thought, oh, maybe I could do some cool, you know, dissolves and transitions between the stuff instead of your standard at the time, what it was, you know, at the wedding videos. Yeah. One shot straight over. So I, I don't know. I kind of, you know, now all the wedding videos are, are beautiful. Yeah, ridiculous. Now, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but at the time I was thinking, man, that'd be a really good idea if we do this multiple angle thing and no one's ever done that. And yeah. then, of course, by the time I get into it, that's, it became common practice. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's where I started making a little bit of money was the, was the wedding videography. Yeah, and then I ended up coming out here. How long did you do weddings for before you come out, came out here? Not long. Um, so right after, right after I got out of high school, I, I moved out. Yeah, and I, I I got my own place pretty much right away. Made um, that wedding money. Yeah, that that crazy wedding money, and I was working at <laughs> as a uh, <laughs> rock wall instructor at the same time. Uh, don't look in my fridge, but at least I had a house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I did that, and um, I lost my train of thought. What I was going for? I, then I, then I ended up coming out here. And yeah, I, how'd you end up coming out here? So that was completely unrelated to filmmaking. That was my uh, 19 years old, and I've basically heard my. 15 and yeah. 19 life now. And I had said that. Uh, what year is that due, by the way? So everyone has a timetable. 2003. So okay. I, I graduated in 2003. So we're now about 2004. 
and I just, I lived in that, that area, in the Bay Area, my whole mm. life. And I just thought, man, I'd, I'd really love to, and I've always had a fascination with Las Vegas. I yeah. love the, how opulent it was and, um, you know, everything's 24 hour and, you know, come, this was also during the era where the Vegas was kind of set up more of a, uh, they were kind of make it kid friendly, right? When yeah. the cardboard pirates at Treasure Island and it was, you know, all the arcades and stuff, that's all gone now. But that's when they tried to make it more kid friendly. So we came a lot. Uh, so I, I had this infatuation with Las Vegas. Moved out here, was but the cost of living was less. Mm-hmm. Uh, for somebody who was 19, I was able to, and I did uh, property management, got yeah. into that at the time. And uh, that was able for me to get an apartment and whatnot. And I actually completely stopped working on film. I did not work on film uh, at all for about a period of four years, four or five years. Okay. Um, and I got real heavy into the property management. And um, looking back now, I regret that heavily because, uh, you know, I came to that moment after a few years of property management and just doing the nine to five grind and everything like that with no creativity mm-hmm. and, uh, you know and it uh, it was kind of a bummer and yeah. uh after effects cg what was possible uh at the time this is now like we're talking 2009 2010 mm-hmm. uh youtube was becoming a thing yeah um and i remember one of my friends came to town kevin and he t- told me about this guy named freddie w ah yes and he was just coming around at the time. And he says, you got to check this guy out. This guy, Freddie W. on YouTube. Freddie YouTube. You know, yeah. I look at this stuff. He was actually coming in town. We go up to his, his hotel and he's showing stuff on the laptop. I was blown away. These little short films that these, these young guys, you know, in their late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. were making out of L.A. Um, you know, two, three-minute premises, but they were visual effects heavy. That was going to be the, the kind of the core, the anchor of all their videos was that they were doing really neat things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, really cool little CG effects, 3D effects that really weren't all that complicated now that I look back at it. But at the time, because people, uh, your average consumer was not that um, versed in in um, digital technology mm-hmm. yet, the things they were doing looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, holy moly, this guy's getting millions of views. He's getting paid for this. And it was like this whole new awakening for me uh, of what film could be. Because at the time in high school, when I kind of gave it up, I thought, you know what? If I don't go to LA and I don't do the, you know, this and that and the other thing, it's, yeah, I don't really want to do that. And that's kind of what dissuaded me. And I always, yeah. and I wanted to move to Las Vegas and I knew that was kind of a mutually exclusive kind of thing. So <clears throat> when I saw that he could do this and you could do YouTube from anywhere and you could, you know, learn these things from anywhere, uh, that's when I started to get back into it. So okay. that's, uh, you know, kind of, Leading me up to to where we are now. So you, yeah. so Freddie W. sparked the inspiration for you to get back into it, mm-hmm. and then I'm guessing the first thing did you get into After Effects right away? Because I know you as a visual effects artist right. more or less than a knowing. I didn't know. I don't think you, you ever told me you acted actually. Probably. Yeah, there you go. So I just learned something today. new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, Freddie W. And, and you got that spark, and then what happened? So <clears throat> I I wanted to do something mm-hmm. uh you know and of course you you know i i'm, I'm a type of person that i, I like to uh jump right to the to the finish line i don't want to take the necessary steps to get there yeah. i've always been like that and uh i thought well what's the what's the you know as far as if i'm gonna make it you know well it, it was youtube to answer your question that was that was the the goal when i saw his stuff that was uh, I, i'm gonna be a youtuber yeah so was this in the time because it's been so long since um that era i like to say Afraid W, was that still when YouTube had like, you could see your subscriptions and you could, it looked like a Facebook or a MySpace layout page? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I missed that, by the way. Yeah, that was, I mean, the YouTube uh, company has gone through so many different um, evolutions, right? Yeah. Um, and many not for the better. 
over the years that it's it's a it's a complete shadow of what it was when I first started. Um, I, I don't know that that types uh, not to get off subject, but like Freddie W, people who are I guess we can get to that uh, visual effects based channels yeah. could even work now um, due to the oversaturation of what YouTube is. But that's a whole other story. Uh, to get back to your question, um, I saw Freddie W and I saw what he was doing and. They used to put out little behind-the-scenes videos, and I went, okay, I know nonlinear editing. I'm pretty good at that. But to do the things they're doing, it's, you know, it's this After Effects thing. It's this whole new program, right? Mm. It's in the Adobe suite. I had seen it, but I didn't really know much about it. So uh, I started learning everything I could about compositing. Um, this was prior to any uh, 3D stuff, really, you could do, any uh, 3D models and whatnot. Uh, this was just the basic kind of, um, you know, you're taking your 2D uh, stock footage, and you're overlaying it yeah. on your some basic color grading, things like that. Um, and I was just trying to push myself and doing little test shots around the house of, you know, oh, I saw this on this channel. Let me see if I can recreate that on yeah. my house. And yeah, it, it was many, many months of that, of just literally just learning, uh, learning how to do things. Um, and, and yeah, uh, basically he inspired me to do that. However, I had to try to come up with an idea. Uh, what, would, what would separate, you know, okay, well they, they're doing all these little shorts and I always wanted to do something that was, you know, visually impressive, but might have a little bit more of a story. Um, and so I would, I tried to develop a couple of different series. I want to, you know, back then uh, one was called Vegas Down. And one, oh, yeah. Another one was called Last Vanguard. And they all, they all kind of post-apocalyptic uh, things, you know, so I'm trying to think, what can we, what can we shoot that would have you know, a good amount of effects and that we could also shoot here locally and, yeah. and it would be inexpensive and, and whatnot. And end of the day, uh, you know, after a few years of kind of messing around with different things, I sort of, Learned that it's uh, it's difficult to do yeah. to do something like that. Um, what what they were doing was was very um, niche, and uh, it, it, you know, a good group of people around them to donate their time and whatnot. So yeah. it was kind of hard to to just step into what Freddie W was doing. Um, it took more than just learning the technical skill. So in that regard, too, um, talking about Vegas down in Last Vanguard. Uh, that's when you got back really into the film production game in a general sense. What was the film production, and what year was that? Two thousand. So I guess we'll we'll put a little bit more of a timetable to it then. So um, yeah, it was uh, around. Let's see. I started getting back into it around oh, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, um, 2014, um, what was the film community like back in 2013, 2014? Uh, to me, it was unknown. Mm-hmm. I did at the time I was still working in, in real estate and property management and I started dipping my toe back into, like I said, watching YouTube and, you know, starting slowly yeah. to buy software and licenses and learn what I could learn. And, um, to me, there, w- there really was no, I mean, like for someone who was a complete outsider who, mm-hmm. who had uh, not from Las Vegas, yeah. uh, didn't know many people who lived here, who were from here, there, there really was no resource, um, you would just sort of find people, uh, you know, this is again, Facebook was becoming a lot more popular. MySpace mm. was going away. So you'd see people, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a friend of a friend of a friend was an actress. Yeah. Um, and that was the closest I would get to like a community of people. Mm. Um, it wasn't how I imagined Los Angeles would be when you go down yeah. there and there's just like, you know, everyone's an actor and, Oh, my, my brother is an actor and, oh, and he's a, da, 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 and they're all on the same page. But here it seemed a little more few and far between. And it was like, uh, it seemed to me as an outsider, it was like kind of an underground thing. There really wasn't a lot of resources to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, looking up, type in Las Vegas studio. If like I wanted to shoot something, I really couldn't find anything on yeah. Google. Um, so, so next to nothing, I guess, to answer your question, I really, I really didn't see a heck of a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, that there really wasn't a lot. So I sort of had to kind of, 
go at it alone, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Not, not, not having any any resources. And who did you, like, who, I mean, if I, I saw them, uh, I believe I saw Last Vanguard or Vegas Down or both maybe. Um, you had, I think you had actors in there. Were they just friends then? Or they, were they-, they were mostly friends. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was one of those things where I do recall a little bit where I had reached out. I think maybe it was like Craigslist back then. Yeah. And now knowing what Craigslist is now, it's probably why I had su- uh, such low success right now because it's <laughs> turned into such a like a psycho breeding ground. But before then, I remember putting out calls, uh, casting calls, Facebook, Craigslist and stuff like that. And those who would respond... Um, were a, a little shady or, mm-hmm. or the ones who I were interested in wouldn't show up. Interesting. So right away I kind of had a, a negative, uh, well, you know what, you know, if I, if I'm going to do this, it's going to have to be people I know I trust, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'm pouring my heart into something and the other people, you know, they may not, you know, care quite as much. They have their own thing going on. So I can't really rely on that. Uh, I remember we, we cast this one girl who in last Vanguard and the whole cast showed up for the read through the girl just never showed up wow. and I, uh, you know, no phone call, nothing. I tried calling her, never heard from her again, even though it was, it was all set up. so I, you know, it's like all these things are going on. I'm going, you know, maybe I don't know what, what's going through her yeah. mind, but at the same time, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm yeah. trying to move forward with stuff. So it, it was very difficult and it still is. Um, you know, it's that old saying, hard to find good help these days. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's true. true. Uh, in, in every industry, especially uh, the one that we, that we're in here, it's, uh, it seems to be difficult to find those who, uh, what do they say? Put your money where your mouth is type yeah. of stuff. You know what I mean? Actually, actually do what you're trying to, see, to, to seek out, you know? And I have another question for you before we move on real quick. Cause I just thought about it now I was paying attention, but uh, why did you not go into, did you try to be doing, uh, ugh, did you try, wedding videography out here when you moved out here? Or did you just say, nah, I don't want to do that? What happened? Why Why did you shift? I forgot to ask you that, actually. Great question. Um, yeah, so when, again, I had I had sort of given it all up uh, mm. at the time. And when I when I, when I moved up moved out to Las Vegas, which was in 2004, so the period between 2004 and 2010 when I was just working in, in real estate, yeah. um, I didn't really see a huge opportunity for videography. Um, I may have missed that. It seemed like all the uh, the local venues that I would go to is that they had some of their own. They already had their own people, mm. you know. They're oh, we use Joe, and he's been doing it for years, type thing. Yeah. It was really hard to sort of break into to uh, uh, to that racket, you know. What I mean, they had their people out here, and who was I, a, you know, a California guy who they didn't want out here. So mm-hmm. um, that led me to sort of start thinking, well, what can I do uh, that would set me apart? would make my service a little more niche. And, you know, again, this is all while I'm learning about visual effects and learning how to make better films on my, on my own. Uh, and it kind of occurred to me that the thing that I had the most trouble with out here is that if I wanted to create some sort of effect, some sort of either practical or digital effect, I knew I had to do it myself because the that was the one thing I didn't see at all was that any anyone was really into that at all or willing to to explore those boundaries like Freddie W like Corridor Digital, all these guys on YouTube who were trying to do the closest to, you know, ILM and yeah. uh, what a digital as they could. Um, people out here were, were mostly doing, you know, local videos and things that I saw were, were effects free mm-hmm. um, or practical only or limited, limited, you know what I mean? And it was just very much a, a, a straightforward movie. And I thought, well, you know what? Probably get in there, slide in there a little bit, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's something that I'm very interested in. I've always wanted my pictures to look uh, as as 
best as they possibly could for the budget and the time that was allowed. Yeah. Uh, and what better way to do that than to get really good at after effects and visual effects and color grading. And, you know, if you can't control, like I said, you've heard some of my experiences now, mm-hmm. what's going in on the end part, you know what I mean? Like, well, I can only get su- such good actors and so good of uh, location and whatnot. Well, sure. then maybe what I can do is I can just polish the hell out of it on the inside where most people might be comfortable with just, oh, cut here, cut here, uh, some stock footage there. And, you know, if I take a little more time and uh, focus on things that people might normally not. Yeah, uh, the finisher. That's right, that I would, that it maybe would set me apart a little bit and at least they could say, well, at least the guy has good quality. <laughs> yeah. right? So uh, that's when in 2015 I decided to uh, form Dark Path Visual Effects uh, and basically be a visual effects for hire company, mm-hmm. mostly dealing in digital, uh, although I'd love to deal with some practical stuff someday. Uh, the majority of what I would handle was going to be digital effects for local films. And uh, that's, to me, been seems to be where I found the most success in the business so far and where I find the most fun, trying to you know yeah. be creative and come up with cool things and really show people that um, these effects, these looks, these things that you see in the films can be achieved uh, for much less money than you think, mm-hmm. um, provided that you have the right eye and the right talent working on the thing. I'm not saying just me, but the whole thing. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of what led me to get to that point. So I I, I, fe- I found that videography for me, uh, well, I also found that kind of boring, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, the wedding videography part, uh, the visual effects for me was much more interesting, and I felt that it could be um, have some sort of a, of a business um, uh, success in it. You know, yeah. what I mean, slowly but surely. And how did you come up with the name Dark Path? That's a great question. Uh, I was always Le Fox Films when I was a Le kid. Fox Le Films. Fox and uh, Dark Path. I don't know. I want just something dramatic. I always liked something dramatic. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, I, no one ever asked you that question. No before. one's ever asked me that question. They're stumping me on that one. Uh, it, it just kind of came. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was just what are two words that go really cool together? Yeah, it works. <laughs> dark Path. Yeah. Man. Take yeah. that Dark Path. I mean, you even think of Star Wars. I didn't think of like a million other things. I mean, that kind of represented a Dark Path. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, anti-hero is a dark path. That's right. Uh, villain, dark path, you know, all those type of things. That's, so I got, here, I got your answer. And prestige worldwide was already taken. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, so, yeah. yeah. Couldn't, couldn't do that. You could do prestige wide world. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. could just, or worldwide prestige. That's there my, you. that's my second company. That'll oh. be my, that's my boring company. Like yeah, that's your boring company. Like Elon, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 2015, you're going to the smaller film production companies and, people in general like what how's that going like so i guess uh from 2016 let's go to 26 2015 to 2016 what happened in that year that when you started that now well uh again the majority of my work would come from word of mouth yeah uh now how, how was that like uh how did you get your first gig to get that word of mouth right okay so essentially uh for first paying gig was going to be I guess it was, that's a good question because you're not sure how that first one comes to yeah. you, right? Because you've never done anything. Yeah, because you're really like post on no. Craigslist, <clears throat> post on for Indeed and all that shit. I, ha- I had been saturating um, social media pretty well with um, check this out, check this out, you know, uh, yeah. you know, just, just saturating it with all kinds of stills. And um, I, you know what I also, I, I played with some trailers, not trailers, excuse me, tutorials back then. Mm-hmm. Put up a few tutorials on um, 
a basic green screen removal yeah. and uh, how to duplicate your cast and you know th- things like that little little things at the time just to show them how I was doing you know yeah. know what I was doing uh, and then uh, I, I got a call for for uh, a film it was called Interstellar Civil Wars from Albert Pyun I'm saying that right and uh, didn't didn't realize that he lived here and that he was making um, another film a small independent film locally and he needed some effects work done and i guess he saw my stuff and said hey you know this is great and he live here and you know yada 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 and we ch- chatted a bit i ended up uh doing the visual effects for that film uh so that was the first full-on film where i had multiple shots and multiple everything like that other than that it was like i said uh, you know bit 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 stuff here and there but uh did that one and uh i enjoyed it quite a bit although i you know it's it was my first experience working with um working with a, a director who had a wildly different vision than what I had for, mm-hmm. for things. But um, then again, I was still learning the business and, yeah. and that, you know, Hey, this isn't your film. You know, you gotta, yeah. Well, although you, you want your artistic, you know, uh, impulses that want to take you some way, but sometimes they, you know, they, yeah. they want to go somewhere else. So you have to kind of learn to swallow your pride a little bit and give them what they want. Yeah. Uh, but at the Make same time, you know, that's right. No, that's the end of the day you want to, and that's, what's most important. We don't get me wrong. Uh, but of course, as an, as an artist, you, you, you do have, uh, impulses. You want to go one way or another. And if you've make your own films before, same thing, you sort of have a vision of how it's going to go. And it's great when the, when the, you know, the folks who hire you and yourself are on that same page, that's when you can do something really amazing. Uh, sometimes when you're not though, it's like, uh, you know, grinding gears, you know what I mean? Just trying to, trying to find something that you both agree on and that, that is both of the quality you're, you're expecting. It's that tough middle ground. Cause you're like, well, you know, I mean, cause you don't want to step on toes either as I mean, you want to step on toes, but you don't want to step on toes. Right. You're like oh, on the back of your head. You're like, oh, you know, if you just did this, this and this, you know, why didn't you do that? Like, you're just always questioning yourself. And that's, I mean, that's a, I think that's anyone, like you said, it happens to all of us as artists in general too. It's just like, he said, swallow that pride. I mean, I, I, mean, I do that. I, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, you want to be an everybody wants to be an armchair director, right? Yeah, yeah everybody thinks they can do it. Monday more morning quarterback as well. I mean, that's yeah. right. That's right. They all think they want to do it. So I get it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to give into those simple because at the end of the day, you just want what's best for that film. Yeah. You want your stuff to look great in their movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's not like you're you're doing anything that's uh, it's detrimental to the film. Mm-hmm. You're you're you. It it's all comes from a very positive place. Yeah, you're trying you're trying to do, you know best possible thing you can do. You know what yeah. I mean? You're always trying to, at least for myself, you're always trying to better that work and do better than you've done the yeah. last time. So, I mean, also if you think about it too, you are a filmmaker and, and it, here it's the broad term analogy that I like to use is that, or not really analogy, but like the broad term of filmmaker, right? Is everyone's a filmmaker. If you're making a film, you're the part of that filmmaking process. And, sure. And like, I mean, it's again, it's tough in that sense. And then, so you got Albert who, by the way, everyone, Albert Young, right? Uh, he did the Captain America movie. That's right. Yeah, yes. he did the original. Yeah, the original, original Captain, Captain America, America and which some people didn't know there wasn't a original Captain America. It's movie. worth a like, look up. Yeah, it is for sure. It is a terrible movie. Yeah, well. but and a, a terrible movie and like it's cheesy. Be like not like no Chris Evans type. Captain oh no, America. that was Matt Salinger, right? I have no. Yeah. Oh yeah, JD Salinger's son. Uh, son, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was, was Matt Salinger. And then there's a sequel to that. But I don't think Albert did the sequel. I don't believe he did either. That was the f- only Marvel film, I think. Yeah, this was before Marvel was yeah. anything. Right? And that was so, actually, I think, one of the first Marvel movies. I agree. Yeah, uh, my friend <laughs> tried to drop knowledge. Like, you know, Blade was the first. And I'm like, no, no, dude. 
Watch Captain America yeah. 1980 or 1990, whatever. Yeah, 1992, I believe. Yeah, oh my so, gosh, something like that. Or 1990, 1992. But yeah, he. Uh, it, 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 you know what? At the same time, though, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of that though when yeah. I when I was hired by him, and 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 uh, as as critical as I and many others have been of stuff that was made 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was it was very humbling, um, and and that you did get that feel of uh, legitimacy. Yeah. To where? Oh wow, this is. Uh, you know, a so real yeah. movie, right? Yeah. A, you know, quote unquote, a real movie, and uh, it was it was great to uh, to to work on that and, and have the opportunity. I think when you told me about who he was and what movie that Captain America movie, I swear to you, I think like two months later, I saw Captain America that movie on shelves in like stores. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, because I think Captain America one of the one of the Avengers or Captain America movie was coming out at the time. So there's a resurgence. Yeah, right? obviously a resurgence. So so then okay after Albert, what happened? Uh, let's see, uh, after Albert, uh, I, I just could basically continue working with local clients. Um, I think one, I, I had some work from Las Vegas film collaboratory. Uh, I worked on a little short of theirs called paradox. Um, and really mostly bit, bit stuff. Uh, that was the, uh, you know, it became over the last few years working on maybe single shots rather mm-hmm. than multiples. Um, and I guess that's, that sort of leads me to, to some of the issues that I guess we're having right now is that, um, I, I'm unaware, I guess, of where, if if one were to make a film here, as in here locally, Las Vegas, um, it seems as if that the majority of, of filmmakers are not employing uh, major visual effects in their films, you know, and, and that's understandable because, yeah. of course, you're trying to make uh, lower budget films that can work and that can be done quickly uh, at, at a small fee. And again, ten, people tend to think, oh, visual effects, you know, yeah. cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. But, you know, uh, again, I hope that they realize that uh, when you're using local companies or people that are trying to make it there, you can have those things at a much less price because we're hungry. You know, yeah. We want to we get that work and we want to get out there. Um, so, yeah, since, since then, um, I guess I've sort of seen, like, when I first started the business, it seemed to be a little stronger in terms of... Uh, the, uh, the demand mm. for, for visual effects and for, for work like that. But I think as time has gone on, um, other filmmakers, as you would have described them out there, have, have sort of come to the realization, probably the same thing, is that since they don't really require really heavy visual effects or anything like that, what they'll end up doing is they'll end up trying to doing it themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which is very commendable and great yeah. uh, when you don't have to do heavy visual effects. When you do and you start trying to do it yourself and you have no idea what you're doing, that's when it starts sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, and I hope to prevent that some, yeah. <laughs> mostly someday by, <laughs> by uh, you know, continuing to work with, with other filmmakers here locally and, yeah. and hopefully abroad. Uh, have you worked with anyone abroad, by the way? Or not, not, not on, a, on a grand, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with, with Dark Path, uh, you know, obviously you want to take as much work as you can possibly yeah. get. Like, we could do that, we could do that, we could do that. You know, yeah. or, you know even though... Uh, the focus is on digital effects. The focus mm-hmm. is on uh, basically 3D compositing is, is when you really get down to it. Um, t- I've taken jobs to build websites. I've taken jobs. Believe me, the umbrella covers a lot of digital <laughs> digital stuff when you're yeah, trying yeah. to trying to get in there. Um, so, no, mo- mostly that mostly has been local folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since the business is open here and I live here, um, my ability due to my I still lack of, of a ton of material that I've been able to produce. That's the, the great catch 22, right? Is that uh, you need material to get hired yeah. to, uh, to work on stuff. Yes. You know, how are they going to trust you if they haven't seen you? Well, how are you going to be trusted if you've never worked? So 
it, it is all about uh, trying to, you know, create that larger portfolio, I think, mm. to reach those larger clients. Otherwise, I mean, they're just, and I understand this as well, people cannot, they cannot risk it. Uh, films that have millions of dollars behind it um, are, are on such a tight budget with, with such, um, you know, uh, demands of, of the producers that they really can't afford to hire someone they've never worked with before or they don't know. So um, it's time. It takes time and saturation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this goes for any part of the, the business you want to be in. Um, sometimes you have to create your own stuff. Sometimes you have to create, you know, other things so that you can show people. Otherwise, you will just not get those jobs or you're, you're betting or you're gambling that you may or may not. And uh, what have you uh, made then in that regard? What have you, what have you done to well, help yourself get uh, those jobs? I hear you. Uh, so uh, o- over the course of the last few years, the majority of the thing, I mean, uh, the things that I released mostly have just been, been demos. Yeah. So of those demos, it will be of, of work that I have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, attempt to, I guess I glossed over my whole attempt to be a YouTuber, didn't I? But uh, sort of, but you sort, know, that's okay. We can go to it now. We're jumping all around. So yeah, do, it when, happens. When I was getting into my whole Freddy W. Uh, YouTube run there, um, I noticed something that they did a lot was uh, video game parodies. Yeah. Man, that was huge. It uh, still is. Still is. You're right. Uh, video game parodies, or or, um, or or not even parody. Maybe that's the wrong word. Video game live action adaptations adaptations of video games. Uh, Smart men who came up with that idea because you got all these kids watching you. And what do they do all day? They play video games. Yep. Uh, so I mean, there you have it. <clears throat> uh, so he was he was doing stuff, taking very popular titles and and doing. I thought, oh, you know what? I'll do that. Yeah. I can do that shit. What do I love? <laughs> and around the time, uh, Alien Isolation was coming out hmm. on uh, you know Xbox, PS4, all that good stuff. Which I finally played, by the way. Good game, right? It's good so far, yeah. Pretty good. If you're still working your way through, it's a little long. I haven't played it in a long time. I, I have played it, though, now. If you're an alien nostalgia freak like I am, that game's fantastic. The, the, just You are in that world. Better than the, Colonial Marines? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of controversy over that one. I've never actually played Colonial Marines. Me either. Uh, but it's, yeah, that, that's a pretty bad reviews I've heard off of. But uh, I might even go through that one one day just to see it, though, just to see yeah. it. I love the, you know, the lore and the, the locations and the lighting and the whole thing. That's a whole other story. But <clears throat> so Alien Isolation's coming out, and I thought, this is good. There's just enough time where I could maybe do a, a short film about, about Alien. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? If you're going to do a little straightforward thing, it would require limited visual effects. And I never really built a set before, you know. And this, this might be a good idea for me to do something a little bit bigger. This was post-Last Vanguard and uh, Vegas Down, which were just completely original, just yeah. post-apocalyptic. I like them. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Tent, tents in the middle of the desert, you <laughs> know, and some drama that's going on. This is when Walking Dead was becoming big. So that was my... my uh, influence big time was from yeah from i told one. you i planned out like three three seasons for you yeah you know it's they're still there man it still could happen i'm waiting for walking dead to die so i can reinvent the thing without zombies uh <clears throat> anyway so i did i thought about well what could be cool to make a little youtube video and something else i didn't see a lot in these other big youtubers was sets so i thought all right well fortunately the the house that i that i live in and still live at the time has this big downstairs it's just a big great room yeah uh and the and the rooms are off to the side so that's perfect the set right in my house. It's a pretty big room. It's it's perfectly that's twenty foot long or whatever. So I built twenty foot of of uh, alien style, uh, you know, corridor, space corridor there, and I'm a big door at the end, and we put some lights and some pipes and some yeah. stuff, and you turn the lights off there, and you put the smoke in, and it was perfect. Um, we had a hell of a hell of a fun time. 
in that. Also because, like I said, I was I was getting a chance to make something that I loved that I probably never yeah. get a chance to do legitimately <laughs> because the Alien franchise is just a, is a big mess. Uh, so we shot it. Uh, I was just with one one actress, uh, and we. And what's interesting is that I had written the scene before the game came out. It was like meant to be a five minute scene, and I thought, well, I kind of know the premise of it, you know, of the game, having not played it. But I'll I'll write this little scene. Turns out after the game came out, because I had planned to release it right when the game yeah. comes out, right, and try to get the maximum publicity. And uh, there's like a scene in the game. It's like pretty much right on the money <laughs> for what we did. And I went, son of a bitch, now everybody's going to think we're just ripping off a scene from yeah. this thing, not them being something not wholly original. Anyway, uh, that's that's what it, it is, what it, it was. What it that's, was. Just, that's just luck. Or, yeah, you know, uh, well, that's just great, great minds yeah. thinking alike. Um, that just shows you. I could have worked on it. Yeah, you could have. Um, so we, we shot this thing, we put it out, um, and looking back on it now, uh, effects are pretty cheesy and whatnot, but I still I still really enjoy it for what it was. I love the lighting. I love the simplicity yeah. of what it was. Um and it, it got a pretty decent, a pretty decent little response for a small YouTube channel. Um, they got over thirty thousand views. Wow. So, I mean, that showed me right there that there is something to it. There's some viable. Stuff. And this is this is me coming from a channel that had nothing. That I mean, you know, uh, last Vanguard Vegas down. I was like five hundred views. That's nothing, yeah. right? Uh, and then to go from five hundred to thirty thousand just by changing the genre of what you're doing and mm -hmm. having having the right thing in your title uh, showed me that it was viable. That I could see. Okay, I can glimpse the success you know that these guys are having right here but at the same time uh i did understand through that and this is what sort of kind of started to steer me away from youtube a little bit at the same time is that uh as as successful as it could be the time it took to put together something of that scale building the set and whatnot and actually having the the decent effects uh mostly done by myself and one or two other people behind the scenes uh it, it is too too Time, uh, it's a time sink, time sink, and uh, and also a money sink, mm -hmm. and the amount of time and money for the frequency we can put out these things just didn't seem viable to me. So that's where I started kind of pulling off YouTube a little bit, and that's that's just before I started the Dark Path VFX in 2015. So I think Alien came out in 2013, 2013 and a half or something yeah. like that. And in the next uh, next year, I I released a few tutorials and whatnot, and then I thought, hey, you know what? It's, Response is so uneven. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to really pander on YouTube, and I and that's the thing is like I've always kind of known what I needed to do, mm -hmm. but I've always sometimes resisted that. Yeah, and uh, you know it's like I just didn't want to. Stoop is the wrong word, but I, I didn't want to go to that level of what they were doing. I wanted to yeah. try to. I I wanted to elevate YouTube to a new level of yeah, higher you, quality. You wanted to kind of change the trend, I'm guessing. I did, right, and that, that was correct? that was silly. I should have just rode with the trend rather yeah. than try to change it, but that's uh, it is what it is. You learn. Um, so that's when I started moving away from YouTube and on to focusing more on working on local films yeah. uh, and actual trying when to... When did you do Fallout then? Oh my God, see, I completely forgot about that. So I did Fallout after that. Yeah. So that was my second attempt into the video game uh, friend. That was in... That was in 2015. Yeah. So that was about a year and a half later. So that goes to show you right there of the, the frequency was far too long. Yeah. Uh, between between um, between films. At the same time, however, I was still learning yeah. um, a lot of what it meant to do. So Alien Isolation, there was absolutely no 3D uh, in that. That was just all practical. And we did some computer screen 2D stuff. Yeah. And uh, absolutely horrible 2D spaceship at the end. <laughs> Uh, you know, cardboard cutout that flies across the screen, but it's in shadows. It doesn't look too bad. 
And I thought, man, I really want to make it look better than that. I know that I, you know, these other guys are doing 3D effects. So yeah. that was when, that's where Fallout came in. So that was my next, uh, Fallout 4 was coming out. I was mm-hmm. thinking, oh, what's the next big game I could do, jump on? People don't really do Fallout parodies too much, so let me do that. So do the Fallout one, and they made Fallout Shelter at the time, which was like a little mobile game, I think. Oh, yeah, I actually had that on my Switch. Yeah, there you go, yeah. right? A little manager, manager, little dweller thing. So I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I like the little side profile view of this yeah. sort of underground uh, bunker. I thought, why don't we turn that in? That's exactly what we did. And I thought, I'll have this little, you know, same thing, four or five minute piece, and the, the gimmick of it will be one interrupted camera shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, un- uninterrupted, excuse me. And, uh, you know, it would follow them from top level to balance. It would go in and it would go out. And it would be like you're playing the game, but it would be live action. So although the it, it, it's very cheesy and silly, um, it was a great visual effects test for yeah. me uh, to really kind of understand the principle of how to move the camera around, how to, and also uh, green screen compositing, yeah, yeah. putting live action in with CG. Uh, you watch it now, and again, it's so basic and so rudimentary and so rough. But um, you can see the... That's the seed of it. That's yeah. where it kind of where I'm like, okay, this is you know, if you but watch you see, and you see, do you see the progress though that you made personally? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, between projects, um, it's leaps and bounds. Yeah. Like I say, if you look between Alien that had no CG yeah. or or one percent, and then Fallout, which is about fifty percent, yeah, uh, they, they continue to get better each time. Uh, and the project that I'm I'm working on now is is far beyond that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it is, uh, and you're always your own worst critic. And as as my own worst critic, I can still see the progress. You can yeah. absolutely see your progress, um, and that should be true of anybody who works yeah. on on something over and over and over again. You better get better at that stuff, or you're yeah, gonna yeah. quit. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's definitely worth it. So, yeah, I did Fallout, and uh, the the response wasn't near as good mm-hmm. uh, as it was to Alien. And I don't know if that's because it's probably more niche or whatnot, but uh, I mean, only a couple thousand views, uh, still better than my original stuff. But uh, it, it was it was nothing compared to Alien Isolation. So again, that was a little disheartening mm-hmm. with how much time that I had sort of put into learning and you know and working on sort of th- those tools. So again, that's um, yeah. I'm glad you're keeping me on track because I can't even keep track of my own projects. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then then Fallout. Uh, I think that was the last. That was the last real real CG yeah. based project that I tried to do, and then I really started to buckle down and think, okay. You did, you did those two. Now it's time to knock it out of the park. Take yeah. the two things, put them together, make something real cinematic and whatnot. Um, and that sort of leads me, I guess, to where I, where I, the project that I'm working on now uh, that's been in development for, for almost two years now. Wow, it's been that it's long? It's been a long time. Yeah, that's, uh, I know, horrible, right? Uh, but at the same time, what I'm attempting, uh, you know, like I said, it's it's... It is that next level. It is that yeah. next thing. And in order, in order for me to do that, um, it has taken that much time to, I mean, and, and computing power and render power yeah. and all that stuff. Because when you really get down to it and you want to create something that is on par with, let's forget Freddie W, that's on par with, you know, things that you're going to see in the theater now yeah. uh, with, uh, you know, Double Negative or any of these other really big companies takes time. Yeah. Um, especially since myself, I generally do the majority of the work myself 99.9 percent of it uh to keep the cost down you know one one computer rendering and one artist and one editor and and, you know when this is when i'm doing you know obviously my own projects um so yeah uh the ultimate goal of this next one here that i've actually finished will be the same thing i don't know how commercially viable it's going to Mm -hmm. be but at least it will show uh again the progress you know what i mean of myself and of my company Mm -hmm. um 
and hopefully inspire that, you know, that confidence that I was talking about a few minutes ago for uh, other filmmakers to, you know, to feel more comfortable in hiring Dark Path to work yeah. on their prior project. And that current project, can we, can we tell? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's called Lancer 21. Yep. And yep. I've seen video long time. I haven't seen anything lately because you haven't sent anything to me in a long time. Um, but from what I saw um, and when I showed people, they were super duper 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 impressed. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited to see it when it finally comes out, which I don't know if it is by the time we get release this podcast, which will be in February. Oh, by sure. So for sure. In okay. front of February here. Yeah. I'm uh, and we were talking about this briefly off mic here before, because uh, we, we did work on it together. Um, you did excellent cinematography. The thank you. Thing. Um, so I am very excited for, for you to see it. Um, it it's uh, it's gone through many iterations because again, I wanted it to be the, not only for myself, but for the people that are involved, because this is actually, um, even for such a small cast, uh, we had uh, uh, Michael Forsh, who was mm-hmm. the, pretty much the sole actor in it. Yep. And we have some voice actors as well, though, though you don't see them. Uh, he carries the film. You're with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just a short little film. Uh, however, I really want to, for those who are involved, we had much more people behind the scenes this time than we did in front of. Mm-hmm. I mean, a prop, proper sound this time. and pro- We actually had people doing things. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was fantastic to actually have a, have a crew and, and do this little, little uh, project. Um, so the end result of this, I, I want it to be, uh, not, not only just for myself, but for the people involved, I want it to be, you know, something they could be very proud of that they worked on it. And, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, ironing it for quite a while yeah. now, but, uh, it's, it's come a long way. Uh, and, I, and like I've said before, you're your own worst critic and it, it feels now that it's, it's, uh, it's getting to a point where it's pretty much as good as it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I have other projects that I'd love to continue working on, and that's the, really the, the big driving force for now is that it's been this passion project for me um, because I've always loved, uh, like I said, sci-fi, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aliens is pretty much my favorite. Also, you like Battlestar Galactica, which is a big... Battlestar uh, Galactica, huge influence yeah, huge on influence what we're doing right now. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica, uh, it was a fantastic show. Uh, I heard they're doing a reboot of that too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just called Galactica. Really, I don't know. I'm just, see. I'm making that up as we speak. Pre- that sounds that, pretty cool, though. That's I would do that. Yeah, because the Battlestar thing throws people off. Yeah, uh, that's a fantastic show. That's probably the best sci-fi show I've ever seen. Um, now, it, yeah, it, this Lancer was heavily inspired by that. That very realistic, gritty documentary kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that mixed with some Top Gun, mixed with some Aliens. That's about it. Um, it's a great concept. I really like. I really digged it. So I mean, I was really happy to be a part of it too. To be yeah. honest, and I, I thank you for letting me be sure, a part of it as well. Sure. I don't think I ever thanked you for that. Um, but also too, like you know, just to let everyone know, also Dan made the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's he's probably being humble about it, but he made the spaceship. And yeah. it, I'm like, I, now I'm, <laughs> I have a question for you because knowing that you did a theater background, did you get like flashbacks of being back in theater making the sets, even though you didn't do that? You, you know what? Alien and you didn't land it. That's funny. Yeah. So I, yeah, I built the, built the cockpit set, uh, for this thing. Um, mostly, and it's funny too, because in the end, end of it, there's so little of it shown, but that's, yeah. that ends up being a lot of the stuff that you end up thinking that's going to be shown in, in your films that, that end up not being at the very yeah. end. But yeah, I built this, built this really cool cockpit set so that Mike could actually have something to interact with mm-hmm. because I had seen other local productions and, or, well, I shouldn't call them local, uh, independent productions yeah. that, Use, use you know, try and do sci-fi or pilot stuff, and all they do is they just lean on the guy up against a green screen, yeah, you know, and act like act like you're flying. And I thought, well, we could probably do a little bit. 
sentence. So you same kind of thing. Yeah. I always try to push a little little better, uh, even though I probably could have gotten away with just green screen. But <clears throat> but I think I think having that cockpit also is a nice piece to the whole puzzle. Where it adds a lot more atmosphere to it, and it won't be. It's not going to be as cheesy in in that regard. Not, I agree. Not, not to sound not to sound rude or anything. I'm not trying to sound rude about no, it. No, no, no. It, yeah, believe me, I'm trying to go for as little cheese as possible. Yeah. But at the old, end of the end of the day, it is an independent film funded exclusively yeah. by, by myself, uh, with, with with really aspirations of only being on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree that it helped. It helped. I think everybody sort of center in on to what it was going to be, and you know the the whole thing takes place inside that cockpit. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's really the audience's window into the into the short film. So yeah, I had a, I had a hell of a time building it. Let me tell you, it was the first it was the first time that uh, that I really built anything more than a dog ramp. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was uh, and and to to build this little cockpit set with this fully enclosed and you know mixing metal with woodwork and everything. And I just sort of drew it out and and whatnot. And I don't know if you end up. Uh, by the time you put this out, it gives you some still frames of it. You can put it up. That sounds good. Um, uh, yeah. Did you do you still have that? By the way, I'm just curious. I do. Wow. Okay. Where do yeah. you put it? It's still, still in my garage. still in my garage. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what to do with it at this point because <laughs> it, it it is a thing where I don't know if I would use it again. Mm-hmm. If I if I did, I'd modify it because I, I, I when we did do some of those shots, um, and this is I, and again by by creating Lancer and creating Alien and creating Fallout, each project. Uh, as I'm sure it does with other people, has taught me a very important lesson on each one. Mm-hmm. And for Lancer, it was that that cockpit set, although it was um, very enveloping of Mike, it was too tight, a little too tight, I think, for some of the times to, mm-hmm. to get some of the shots we needed uh, of of him. I would have probably built it with a few removable yeah. uh, things as opposed to it being you know such a solid piece. But man, I mean, it's... You know, it is what it is. So, you know, going forward, that's the lesson I learned from yeah. from Lancer was that, you know, build your sets a little more modular, maybe mm-hmm. not as complete, you know, yeah. I mean, where you can take pieces off, put them on. Um, it was a little tight. I won't lie about that. Sure. It was a great set, but, like, just a little tight when you're trying, yeah. especially if, I mean, I only have, like, one camera lens for my camera, so right. it was really hard to get certain shots that we wanted, too. And even, like, in a general sense, too, I think we tried to do a GoPro shot or something like that, but the GoPro so dark, we yeah. didn't have enough lights either. So, I mean, that... No. Well, it's learning. Like it I is said, learning. It's yeah. all it's all learning experience. Um, because again, we're we're managing this ourselves, and we don't have a and we're not having a yeah. uh, ex- experience one guy or another guy that you know that you would hire on a proper yeah. film. But uh, it's it's yeah, it was a good learning experience, and for sure, um, yeah, the, the the CG has been daunting on it, uh, but it it has. My God, that CG is beautiful. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's um, it's the that it takes time. Yeah, it simply just takes time. The thing about visual effects, the thing I've learned the most is just patience, which um, I don't have. That's why you do that. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I don't have it a lot of times either, man. Yeah. You have to, you have to very be be calm and be be sort of have a lot of imagination in terms of when you're working on a project, and you know you can't always real time render yeah. uh, because especially when you start getting into these more complex effects, multi layered things, and particle systems, and uh, you know volumetric light and you know you're you're doing all these things at once um you just simply cannot preview them yeah uh at, you you sort of have to have that gut instinct and have a guess and then let it play out and then you know it may be right it may be not and you make your mm. adjustments and it plays out again and yeah it's it's uh that's a, probably the most difficult thing for for me is these visual effects is just having patience yeah um I've, I've always had a very clear picture in my mind of what i want something to look like but sometimes executing that vision mm. it has been difficult for me either software or through patience. Mm-hmm. So 
So I continue to learn to be more patient. Patience is key and patience, patience is virtue, as they say, right? It has a virtue. And also That's you're right. a saint for having the patience of a visual for a visual effects artist. All visual effects artists are saints to have patience. Unless you have a really fast computer that's like you know, a hundred thousand dollars or some shit like that. Then, yeah, then you're yeah. not really a patient saint. Hey, that render farm, man. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm doing it off. Uh, I mean, I've got a nice, nice computer, but mm-hmm. it's still a single computer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you're just working off, you know, a couple of GPUs and that's mm-hmm. it, as opposed to a string of GPUs. True. Uh, but it's still, you know, it is what it is. I, yeah. and, and, uh, it, I enjoy it. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be coming out here uh, shortly. So people can check it out. And Sweet. then, uh, yeah. Or like I said, if this is coming out around February, it'll, it'll be up by then. So, uh, yeah. it'll be already up. And, and so Lancer, um, so after Lancer now, what are you doing? I think when we, ta- when I asked you to be a part of the podcast, you said you were producing now. Right. How'd you get into that? Well, uh, I, again, it's this, this sort of this evolution of, of my journey and in, in this film business so far and what I, what I, um, what I, what I'm hoping to get out of it, I suppose. So <clears throat> Yeah, initially, I, I told you, I came in on the on the acting side. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be further further away from Yeah, you went from one end to the other end. Yeah, and I keep sliding further and further away from the acting stuff. Um, though I do, I did enjoy the acting stuff. Um, because I have a background in business uh, and business management, I, I, I always feel like I, I've been a little more successful when I can take a step back from the work and mm-hmm. sort of evaluate what's going on and then sort of keep my hand on the wheel and steer the ship a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've always been great at that. Um, so the, the more I've put myself into a, uh, you know, into like a directing and a producing role, I, I'm finding that I'm having a little bit more success with my projects because um, Quentin Tarantino says, right. As your job as a director is just to tell people what your vision is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. You just have, you know, cinematographer knows his shit and the VFX guy knows his shit and they're all specialists of what they do. You as the director or the producer need to be a specialist in conveying your vision. And if you can do that, then you're good to go. Yeah. So that's what I've been working at I, I, is, is trying to see, I've been trying to do the, the basically the whole thing. I have the vision that I'm trying to execute as well. And uh, it, it's hard when you're trying to do both, both things. Uh, so as I hope to move to bigger and bigger projects, mm-hmm. um, I think that will probably be the next next direction we go. Um, and and Lancer has been sort of a testing ground for many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for for what can be accomplished on a very small budget um, with very high results, sort of min-maxing, yeah. if you will. Um, what kind of acting talent was out there? What uh, you know? What what is capable with the current software we have, and what can we get away with? Uh, can we do a feature mm-hmm. film? Can we do these kind of things with, you know, uh, you hear all these stories about paranormal yeah. activity being shot for $15,000, right? And, and making millions. Uh, that's the goal, right? The, the business at the end of the day is spend little, make a lot uh, and still provide some quality. So that's sort of where I think I'll be leaning to here going uh, after the release of Lancer. Um, I've even considered a little bit of taking um, an excerpt or two from that and using it as a, uh, as a vehicle to, to say, Hey, if you like what you see here, you like the style, you like the universe that we're kind of setting this thing in. um, We can go further with this. You know what I mean? So there are many different ways that that you can go. I know nowadays with the, um, the invention of, of uh, crowdfunding, right? With crowdfunding, it's it's incredible uh, uh, what you can get done now. It's amazing. Um, how generous people can be yep. and uh, with their time and their, and their money uh, to projects that they want to see fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So I believe that um, 
uh, pr- probably will will be leaning more towards uh, either a crowdfunding mm. or um, organization funding of of some kind of project. Uh, and I've got a, I've had a few on the back burner for a long time that I love to execute, uh, but. Uh, Lancer has sort of taken my Lancer has sort of been my next test, my mm-hmm. next test to myself of how how far can I go and how, where am I at as an artist and as yeah. a, a director and as a producer. So, what well, what do you think the next one's going to be? If you out of all the projects you have in your head, just if, talk about that. Oh, okay. Hey, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, you know. uh, no, I, I feel like the 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 most obvious thing to do um, now. This is now we're just going to be talking about general filmmaking stuff. I, I guess this is just comes down to my opinion. Uh, if you were to make, if you're a young up and coming uh, filmmaker mm-hmm. in whatever great city, uh, I think probably one of the best things to make would be a horror film, yeah, or a horror or suspense film. That's why you see so many of them, right? And they make the most return on investment. That's right. There's uh, actually, I no, I should send you. Um, Jason Blum of Blumhouse. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Moneybags. Mr. Yeah. Moneybags has a few really good, um, I guess, fireside chats or just like some Q&A stuff. It's really interesting because he talks about like how they operate as a distribution company and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll definitely send you that. And if, if, if I will have it in the show notes too, uh, the Jason Blumhouse stuff so people can watch it as well. Yeah, the guy's so, the guy's very smart. I yeah. mean, he's he's uh, he's made a lot of great investments in, in pictures. He also made some really shitty ones because sure, because you know, Gem and the Holograms. No, I don't know that. That that uh, was a really shitty movie that like was supposed to be. So the quick story about that is, so they they produced um, Whiplash, right? That was their indie okay. movie that they wanted to be a is part that of. J.K. Simmons one, yeah, that okay. J.K. Simmons yeah. about the jazz drummer, yeah. yeah. So yeah. apparently he was saying, I'm paraphrasing because it's been a while since I saw this. I mean, I'm not really paraphrasing. I'm kind of like trying to remember. But um, basically, him and Universal have a relationship together, right? So they say, hey, you put this out there in features. You put this out there on VOD. They kind of had this idea. And they said for Jim and the Holograms, put it on VOD. And he goes, no, 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 it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to be a great movie, theatrical release. Gotcha. And they put it theatrically and it just bombed completely. It was a TV show back in, it was a cartoon back in like the 90s or 80s, Jim and the Holograms. Never heard of it. Yeah. Well, that one got by me, I guess. Yeah. It's like some female group or whatever it was. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that guy go, definitely goes for the buckshot approach and, yeah. and it works. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's made a lot of successful pictures and like you said, some of them are not so fantastic, but you know what? That's the name of the game. The most money they ever spent on a movie, I think was $9 million, and everything else has been $3 million and under, if I'm not mistaken, from my research. I haven't researched in a while. But from the last time I researched, which was probably like six months ago, which is probably irrelevant, maybe a year now, but still. Yeah, I guess. And I guess, like I said, when you think about these movies being made, it's it makes perfect sense why they would yeah. make horror films or suspense films. It's because it's all about what you don't see. Yep. Right. It's all about it's all about not seeing the monster or not seeing the thing and creating the suspense. So it's sort of a cheeky way for the filmmakers to, to save a lot of money. Yeah. Because uh, you know the idea is you don't want to see it; you want to keep it obstructed and hidden. Um, I would like to marry that though with what I have been doing. Mm-hmm. I'd, li- I'd like to, you know, again, maybe it's just illusions of grandeur, but I'd like to get something in there where it is, you know. I, I guess when I approach these things from an independent standpoint, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. You don't have to have. It's like either you have a horror picture that has, you know, very little budget, so you don't see anything, but or you have a major horror picture where you do see a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's like you don't have to have it one way or the other. You can have both. Yeah. And I'd love to approach that if I could. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Try to have 
you know, a picture that's uh, beautifully shot uh, with a very, you know, probably straightforward, simple story, yeah. but also have some pretty nice effects in there and some beautiful stuff. You know what movie reminds me of is, uh, I don't know if you call it a horror movie, but Mandy, have you seen that with uh, Nicholas? No, I have not. Check that one out. That's like, uh, yeah, it's like a psychedelic uh, trip he did. Interesting. It's like it came out last year. Did you see year. The Lighthouse? I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. That has some you know, uh, simple effects to it. Uh, shot beautifully. But it's not, I don't think it's a horror. I think more or less a um, psychological. Psychological thriller. Same with, you know what yeah. had a, you know what had a more visual effects than probably I thought it did was Midsummer. Haven't seen that one yet. That's the Ari Aster. Yeah, there's, there are some things that towards the end where like, the trees are like swaying, but they're also got the radial, uh, weird radial thing going. Yeah, and they have like a water, kind of a watercolor pastel yeah, thing. Yeah, it's really, drug, drug yeah, filter. Yeah. yeah, it was very interesting. Great movie, too. Also, director's cut on Apple, uh, if you want to check that out instead. Oh, yeah, because I actually, I mean, I've been meaning to catch up on our, and that's a great bringing up that film right there, uh, uh, Midsummer, the Ari Aster picture. He also did Hereditary. Yeah. Um, those A24 pictures, I guess that's what, if you're asking me what I would like to do, yeah. probably my next step would be to make something like that. A24 makes some great films. Um, yeah, and you know what's great about them? See, there's sort of, and again, like I said, there's that middle ground that I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that Now, they're not all great, but some of those pictures, um, some of Ari, Astri, Ari, Ari Astor's pictures are are, are really good. They, he, he marries that, that cinematography mm-hmm. in there real nice and... Uh, Really not nothing over the top as yeah. far as gruesome or effects or anything like that, but it does give you a real good sense of uh, he, he's he's great at uh, at setting up that scene and making you feel that dread. A twenty four is the is like the independent like yeah the independent uh film company I think or I agree. distribution company that you really want to I think that I I would love to you know do a film for A twenty four like personally like you know I don't really give a shit about Universal I mean. Be great to do Universal and Warner Brothers and all that stuff, but like I think if someone said, "Hey, you want to do an A twenty four movie?" I'd be like, "Okay, I'm coming." Bye, yeah. wave, wave. They seem to have a little more quality well, to them. Right? Also, think about it, like I think uh, Moonlight was a A twenty four movie. Okay, Devin, let me that. check that. I'm, I'm, right now. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, the other guy you just brought up there too is it, not Ari Aster, but uh, you brought up um, the the Lighthouse, which is uh, was it the Ro- witch guy, Roger Robert Eggers. Yeah, Robert Eggers, right? Uh, excellent. Like his stuff as well too. Someone who who, who gets very into the language, you know, of, of pictures. Yeah, something something like that would be fantastic to make. Um, yeah, any any uh, both of those guys, I think, have got their their uh, finger on the pulse of, yeah. of what needs to, to to you know. Even though they may not be uh, box office smashes, but no, I don't think horror they're, films they're, ever are. I would say they're more like in a sense auteurs, maybe. I, yes. think, I think they wrote, yeah. I don't know if they wrote the stuff, but usually an auteur writes his stuff too, if I'm not mistaken. I think Edgar's does. Because, okay. Because he, he's really into the Puritan yeah. language, right? And yeah. obviously Lighthouse, whatever you'd call that. He uh, had a... Sea Dog. Sea Dog. Sea Dog language, yeah. which uh, William Defoe sounded like, I forgot what... Oh, my girlfriend say he sounded like Mr. Krabs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 he's gone in that one. I've seen the, the trailer, but I really do want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You Robert, should, Robert Pattinson looks fantastic. He's great too. in that movie too. That he broke away from the twilight. Well, okay. Stuff. Think about this way. I think Robert Pattinson is one of the smartest workers in the business because you, sure. you do, let's say he worked, he did Harry Potter first, right? He did the fourth Harry Potter as Cedric Diggory, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. Cedric Diggory. He see, like, if you see like, Hey, that kid's making like fucking shit ton of money out of eight movies or whatever it is. If he gets his own franchise, you know how much residual money he's going to be making right. later on in the long run? Like, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, he's, he's, uh, he's yeah. smart. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. So, so let's uh, let's see. So you did Lancer, you're going to the next project. Anything else that you're doing? Like, produ- pro- have you produced anything yet? Like, that's not yours. Nothing that is not mine. No. Um, oftentimes, I don't think you do produce things that are right. Well, I mean, you can be a producer that and work on other projects as I well. I suppose you could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, no. So to answer your question, <laughs> no. The answer would be no. Uh, okay. If uh, that might be nice. Uh, however, I think I would prefer to produce something that I I had an interest in. Mm-hmm. And that I had, uh, I don't know, yeah, there's some stake in, yeah, uh, right, rather than something that is, you know, that you're brought in to do. Yeah. Um, but now again, I I would do that. Don't get me wrong, because hey, we all we all work and we love films and everything like that. But uh, yeah, if I had a choice, my mm-hmm. preference would be to to continue to, like I said, to, to work on a project that is meaningful to me. Yeah. That I could ensure has the highest quality, and uh, yeah, actually, you know, have people enjoy it. So makes sense. So here's a question for you, which I ask uh, now is you've been here for a handful of years and you've been in the film community really heavily probably since 2015 now, right? Right. So four years. How have you seen the film community in the last four years? Has it, has it been, you know, getting better, getting worse, staying the same? What have you seen in those four, in these four years now that you're working with these smaller companies as well and doing your own projects as well too? I feel the biggest thing to take away, um, well, let me, let, me, let me frame it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, having lived in California when I was younger, yep. uh, not really being into film, but being into acting like we discussed earlier, there did seem to be... Um, community is a, a, a kind of a stretch of a, of a word, but there, there was a respect, a support... For local actors, there were many local theaters. There were many, um, I guess it was celebrated. Maybe that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. The, the, the arts were celebrated uh, where I came from. And coming out to Las Vegas, like I said, with my initial impression when you asked me, like, oh, when you first started your project, like, you know, what was your introduction to the community? And I tell you, I had none. Yeah. Because there was, uh, it, it was not obvious or apparent to me who you would talk to or where you would go, or, yeah. you know, to get involved with people. Um, so over the years, having experienced it, I, that, that feeling has continued to, to grow. Um, sometimes you meet folks that, that, um, that, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it. Otherwise we say their mouth overloads their ass. That's the way I'll put it. Uh, they'll, they'll basically, they'll talk to talk a lot, talk a big game. They're going to do one thing, this, that, or the other, but they sort of peter out. And it's great to have aspirations. Don't get me wrong, but the thing I've seen from um, and I say again when you're just when you're saying community, like um, I guess I'm I'm taking that as other artists that are of similar caliber. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the way I would I, I would put it um, because I think the the Las Vegas community could probably incorporate everything from high school kids all the way up, right? Yeah. Kids who are just starting. Yeah, out. and anyone who's really like in the in the community, I'd say like sorry, I'm using the word, but like a. Uh, mm-hmm. Just people starting out to like, you know, people producing the movies or making movies, all the people creating the content, I guess. Okay, so here, let me put it this way. I feel like that exists here. I feel like I've seen um, there are different um, competitions and contests and mixers and all that stuff. Mixers and whatnot. Um, Now, this is strictly my opinion. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know how helpful that all is at the the end of the day. Um, Social part of it, I think, is great uh, to, to meet people. 
but ultimately, um, I've been here for five years. Yeah. I've, I've kind of, you know, you're always sort of checking your, your, where you're at, you know, as compared to other people. And I've not been involved with the, the local community as much as others. And I feel like, uh, my absence from it has really been, uh, negligible. Mm-hmm. It, it really hasn't affected me one way or the other. I feel like if I had been, uh, submitting some of my films to some of the, uh, the, the smaller local film, uh, what do you call those? Uh, mixed, uh, not mixed, screenings. What do you call those? Festivals. 48 festival. That's yeah. the word. See, I've, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I don't even know what a film festival yeah. is. Uh, if I'd submitted that, I, I feel as if that wouldn't have made much of a difference, mm-hmm. uh, helped or hurt. I, I feel it's, it's, to be honest, it doesn't really hurt either. Yeah. Um, I feel like if it is something you want to be a part of and, uh, you, you want to find the people who have, uh, interests and that, that, uh, you know, in the arts and different parts of filmmaking and acting, uh, there's definitely those outlets here yeah. in town. There are great people here in town who, who have these mixers, who, yeah. who have workshops and do all this great stuff. And I think that if that is your thing, uh, and, and you do get something from it, then absolutely that it's it's there. The resource is there for mm. you here in Las Vegas. That doesn't not exist, you know. However, how beneficial it is at the end of the day is what I question. Um, what what kind of results do you end up seeing? Yeah. Uh, when I grew up, John Robert Powers. I don't know if you're familiar with them. That was a thing. So John Robert Powers. You go to the go to the mall. Yeah. And uh, oh, is this a film um, or acting agency? Is an agency. Yeah. Right. And you would, um, they'd, you know, be, you're be in the movies yeah, and yeah. you got the pictures of the kids and this could be you. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. I saw that at the mall like not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. So they still usually run holidays. I think they come out. They more still often. do that shit. And to me, and, and I, I will admit, I did that shit. Yeah. I tried it. It's bullshit. Yeah. You find out very quickly it's bullshit and you're paying them. Yeah. You're not supposed to pay them. Right, but I mean, th- but these no one knows, these, right? You don't know. You're young, whatever. Mm-hmm. You think, well, maybe if I just do this, or maybe if I and I and I feel like, and this is this is why I'm a little jaded towards um, local organizations and local things like that because ultimately they they uh, well they do celebrate the work which I appreciate. Yeah, um, that's all it ends up being is that it's kind of a celebration of the work and then that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't. Uh, um, people like to talk about exposure, exposure, exposure. Um, I don't believe you get any. <laughs> I don't believe you, you're only exposed to the people who are making other films. Now, again, this is simply my opinion. Now, there are legitimate film festivals, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm only speaking on the local level. Yeah. Um, we're talking about you know, Khan or uh, Tribeca mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. Uh, Sundance right next door to us. That's I, I do understand that because you know that those are places that business gets done. Yeah. Right? You know that companies go there looking to buy films. You want to screen a film there. Paying money to screen a film mm-hmm. there makes sense because it is a business investment. When you're doing it here, unless you can tell me, maybe I don't know because I, I, I'm the first yeah. to admit, maybe I'm uneducated about this, but in my five-year experience, there really hasn't been a, uh, oh, so this particular film was featured in this local film festival and now it is in theaters or it's yeah. this, that, or whatever. It really, you know, it, it, it also depends at the end of the day how you measure your success. Yeah. Um, I try to measure mine in terms of business. I'm a businessman. I've yeah. always been a businessman. I love doing what I do, but at the end of the day, um, it has to make sense. You have to be in the black and it has to be red. Yeah, it has to be business smart. Yeah, or else you're not making movies yeah. anymore. 
that's the whole point. You and it's tough to make movies. My uh, friend who came on here is a producer. Like, why? Well, like, you know, people make movies and they're making any money. That's why it's hard to get people to invest in movies as well. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, movie movie making. Um, like I said, the the vision can be simple. The execution yeah. is a lot more difficult, and it's satisfying too. And that's why I that's why I do what I do. I mean, I mm-hmm. enjoy what I do. You enjoy what you do, but it's it's tough. Yeah, it, it absolutely absolutely is. Um, so that that's sort of my opinion. And, and so in terms of, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I I think I'm honestly the wrong person to ask okay. about no, about no the community only because I feel like my I I've only briefly been involved with it and my um although there's fantastic people that, that live mm. here I just feel that um a pr- a production of mine probably wouldn't end up in a, in a local festival yeah I probably wouldn't pay money to do any of that kind of stuff I'd rather work on it and and send it to something you know a little bit bigger mm-hmm. um. Aim, aim high kind of thing. Now, yeah. again, I understand why they exist and everything like that, but I don't, I don't know. My advice to somebody who, who would listen and at least wants to do visual effects, don't yeah. waste your time in visual in, in doing that. Just stay, just make visual effects yeah. instead, you know, stay home and, and learn a, a, another technique as opposed to going out and watching 10 other people's movies that are garbage. Yeah. Sorry. No, it, it, I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just, there's a lot of garbage out there. Look at Amazon prime and Netflix. Sure, it's like, a, it's everywhere. I mean? Yeah. Even, anywhere, anywhere really. Like even Disney plus has garbage. Like they have movies from the seventies and no one, I never like really would want to watch. Right. Uh, my father used to tell me, you want to try to associate and aspire to things that are better than you, mm-hmm. not the same or yeah. worse. And I'm, and again, that's sort of, and, and again, I think there can be fantastic independent film. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I mean, but, uh, they're all the same. I, I mean, we can get into it, but you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's a lot, like a lot of independent film are, there's nothing that really breaks the glass. I don't think that I've seen personally. And I'm not saying like, I'm, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm critiquing it in a sense, but I'm, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying like, we need something to break the glass to get us to that next level. Cause if we, we don't break the glass, then we're all going to stay in the same spot, and we're not going to really grow as a community in that regard, too. Then, well, ultimately, too, I think the idea would be um, when you talk about um, you know the business of Las Vegas and filmmaking is that it probably would improve. Uh, we'd have have filmmakers who are who are established, wanting to come to Las Vegas and shoot locally and use local talent. Um, if we actually made something that was worth a shit, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's yeah. uh, let's be honest. Uh, if you were sitting in L.A. and you said, "Well, why do I want to go shoot in Las Vegas? What yeah. what is what is made there?" Yeah, and then party movies, right? Uh, now you may come to Vegas to shoot a scene in the strip, but you're not gonna come outside. Not gonna, not gonna shoot the, here. Give me the suburbs of Vegas. Give me the real deal. Like, yeah, you don't, don't give do me a little bit of this trip, but give me give me those subs, those suburbs. You know those those. Uh, Ghetto homes in the east side, you know, yeah. something anywhere. There's no real reason why we don't have films made here. I mean, yeah. a, because I mean, like, how many films are shot in L.A.? Yeah. You know what how I mean? How many films are shot in Atlanta? How many yeah, films yeah. are shot in New York? A know? lot. Right. Yeah, so Chicago. There, there, there's really no, and, and we're another keystone city of the yeah. United States. Las Vegas is a big city, and it's it's well known. So I, I, I do believe it can happen, but at the same time, what ends up happening, and this is, I think, the problem you're getting at, John, yeah. is that to shoot here, they have to bring everyone with them yeah. because they can't trust anybody locally because there are there is really no one reputable. When I say no one, I mean no one in particular. Yeah, uh, that is reputable enough in mm-hmm. Las Vegas to hire. Now, 
So how do we break that cycle? That's the question, yeah. right? How, yeah, how do we break that cycle? Uh, and the only way I think to do it is by making quality content mm-hmm. that is made here, shot here, you know, and uh, doesn't have to be obvious that it's in Las Vegas. And that's that's the pitfall I think many people fall into is that, oh, well, we're in Las Vegas, so therefore the setting is Las Vegas. Yeah. You don't have to do that. It can be shot here and not be Las Vegas. It doesn't have to be so descript. Uh, Lancer 2-1, it takes place in space. Yeah. It's shot in Las Vegas, but it takes place in space. You yeah. see, see my point? Yeah, the point. Is that you don't need to, uh, and most of the stuff is like, oh, we live in Vegas, throw the strip background in there. Yeah. That's the mold that needs to be broken. So if 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 we can, you know what I mean, like if and, and it's it's possible it just takes someone who like Ari Aster or uh, or Robert Eggers, mm-hmm. who who's serious about making a, a film, a film that is trying to say something and that is not just a trying to be a carbon copy of what already exists. Yeah, that's I think the problem. I get you. You know. Right now, it's like, well, I want to make it in the film industry, and I want to make a horror picture, so I'll make a, a really generic and cheap horror movie that it does the absolute minimum. Yeah. Why not do that same thing, but approach, take a little more time and approach it like our, you don't need more yeah. money for that. It's just a matter of time and, and the quality and caring about it. I think if you do that, you're gonna we're going to find some more success. Do you think also maybe, here's a question for you, do you think it might be because... Um, Maybe in the sense of like doing that generic thing, it's more or less playing it safe. Not they don't want to take the do people not want to take the risk. You think that's a great point. That's the problem though. You're at, we're asking how do we change things? Yeah, you can't play it safe. Yeah. Now, no one again play and again playing it safe and a good movie also don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. You don't have to play it safe to have a good movie. Um, but I think I would respect you more if you didn't play it safe and your movie wasn't that good though. True. If you tried any, well, that's the whole point is, is that, yeah, even if you're trying something, there's many films that I watch, uh, independent or otherwise, that you pick out certain elements. So yeah. you're like, well, you know, the acting wasn't great, but you know what, the that lighting, boy, or yeah. that setting, or that CG, and there's something that sticks out to you. So why not have that? Why does everything, um, or not, not, not why, it's not a question, it's, it's a statement. Things don't have to be generic. They yeah. don't have to be like that. That's been my whole point with my business, too, and God, I hope that people will uh, will. They don't have to even use me. Just somewhat. Just just use every technique you have available to you to make that film. You're. Uh, I mean, I, I again, I haven't seen things that have really worked yet myself that have been produced here locally. I've seen filmmakers make films and release them, and yes, they're available on yeah. uh, your VOD platforms and your your Best Buys and your Walmart, which is great. That's more than I've done. Yeah. However. I don't see the, where's the return? Where's the, whatever. I, I see the steps you need to take to do that. Yeah. You could follow that, like I said, and, and, and make yourself a film and put it in there. But ultimately, I mean, again, we come back to how you define success. And if that is how you define success, as my film is in Walmart, my film is in whatever, then there's then nothing to talk about. Yeah. You're good to go. You're yeah. happy. You're dying happy. For me, I've always wanted more than that. I've yeah. always wanted to be, you know, I guess the end result would be something in a theater. Yeah. You know, it plays in a theater. Um, it, it has a premiere. It has established actors in it. Mm-hmm. That would be my benchmark. Yeah. Good um, benchmark. I mean. And I, I feel it's possible. Yeah. Anything, you know I mean? anything is possible. There's, I saw an article on No Film School recently that said the woman who directed um, an episode of, I just blanked down the show. It's new. 
shit, forgot. But she never directed anything. She got an interview and she got the job sure. as a director. And it took her like 15 years to get a job as a director. So any, anything's possible, like you said. So it's, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, like I said, I can only do so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, 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 this is, this is my opinion only. And I will try to make the best films that I can make here mm-hmm. uh, locally. I'm, I'm definitely not moving. I'm, yeah. I'm a townie. Uh, I came out here when I was 19. I'm 34 now. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. You know, this is, I, I bought a home here and I'm laid down my roots. I want to see Las Vegas succeed. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see its people succeed in this business and for us to have bigger. I mean, I mean, think about it this way too, John, like when, when someone uh, does come to town, a production, like I uh, remember they did uh, that Matt Damon vehicle. What is that? Uh, oh, born, born, right. Yeah. Born. They come to born and everyone loses their minds. Right. Yeah, yeah. They get, Oh my God. And they hire a bunch of local action. So that just needs to happen more. Yeah. Uh, it can happen more, but you have to show the people in Los Angeles. Cause ultimately that's where it's made mm-hmm. that we're worth it. Yeah. You know, and we're not going to do that by making generic crap. Just look at, I mean, New Mexico is a better place to film than Las Vegas. More people go to New Mexico than Vegas. Why so, is that? Well, I may be breaking bad. I don't I have maybe tax that's, credits too. I mean, it could be a tax credit thing. Yeah. I mean, that could be a problem. That's probably a problem too. Maybe out here. I don't, I don't really follow the tax credit system, but that could be a reason why people from LA aren't coming here. Maybe that needs to be fixed as well. Perhaps. I mean, now see, we're talking about that. Now when you get to that, that's like, ultra end game, yeah, you and, know, high, high budget yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but just even the small independent films in general are just good. I just want good Vegas content. I want, I want, I really want the community to succeed, but I want the community to just get better. Cause I feel like the community is not the best. It's not like, you know, we, I've had discussions with other people on the podcast and they've, we've all said the same, they've all said the same thing in a sense. Like they, they, you know, these aren't out yet from what you're listening to right now. These are, we're all, as we all know, or as the audience knows, I've I've recorded in November now, and I'm releasing these in January, February. It's just I'm trying to get content out there for you guys to have weekly. But basically, these people never heard each other speak about these things prior to meeting, and they haven't met each other. But they all said the same thing about the community in a general sense and how it's like, it's all clicky. It's all this. It's all that. And, you know, there's, I mean, you guys just fix everything. It just needs to be refreshed, I guess, or just <clears throat> something well, like like I said earlier, but then I'm a, I'm part of that clicky part too, so I blame myself as well. Well, sure. I mean, we all, we all have to you know take responsibility in a little bit, and all have to work together. But the, I guess at the end of the day, um, it's the lip service that's paid to it. That's like I say, like you know, there's a lot of a lot of talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh, like you're saying, you know, I've heard that 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 line repeated to me verbatim many times. Uh, I want the Vegas community to succeed. I want the Vegas community. To succeed. Well, I, what does that mean? Number one and two, um, it's great that you're saying it. Now, what are you doing about it? What am I doing about? It? I'm doing yeah. this podcast about. Well, it. not you. <laughs> oh, personally, the royal you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like so. I, I don't know, and I guess that ultimately, it's just it is what it is, and we can hope for the best and yeah. do do what we can and try to make films that are of higher caliber, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully, other people. Um, you know, like I say, it's, there's just no reason in my mind why you should make a subpar film that's going to be released for consumer, uh, you know, consumption or the like, right? Yeah. Um, 
there's just there really is no reason you can uh you can make a good film yeah. it doesn't cost a lot nope just take a step back and breathe you know what i mean you can yeah. do it i've seen you can it's possible so that's that's the part i don't understand and that's why for myself it takes a little bit longer for my stuff because i am one person i'm trying to bring it to that level of quality um i told you before the mics were on <laughs> i could have released lancer probably six months ago yeah but i don't because I want to make sure that it is of something that I know, you know, it, it, it's got some quality. Like to me, I try to, at least now, you know what I mean? We all, like I said, we have stages and, you yeah. know, like as you get better as an artist and a director, absolutely. Uh, but for those who want to, who are saying they want to do this as a career and commercially, well, you better watch some movies first yeah. and then look at your movies. And if you can't tell the difference between a film that is made in Hollywood and in your film probably shouldn't do this. Yeah. And that's what blows me away. The most th is the most is that the, the uh, say, well, why, why isn't this working? Why isn't this song? Did you watch it? <laughs> you know, bro? Yeah. Like, did you watch that thing? It's garbage. Like yeah. the, the, and it, and it, the sad part is it doesn't have to be. That's the thing that kills me the most yeah. about it is that I, I want these films to work, but it's like they, uh, they don't care. Also, they, it brings they, more money they, to your pockets too. Sure, it's, as well. It's, I mean, it's an entrepreneurial thing. I'm just sure. thinking. Yeah, I mean, capitalism. Well, every everybody. Well, I mean, it, like you said, it, it's it, when when someone who lives here wants to make a movie, and they're going to shoot it here. They're hiring everyone yep. who's around here who's uh, worth anything. So it is good for everything. And then, of course, that movie is successful, so they make another one, and then they hire more people. Yeah. But you know, when the the those responsible for that movie are taking every cheap cut shortcut route and, and making something that is ultimately subpar and that people will not watch or pay for, that's not going to happen. And that that's, uh, that's what needs to change. So I think that's the long, long answer is that if we make good films, it will come. You yeah. know, I mean, if you build, right. That's the, thank that's, you. Uh, Ed Harris. Thank you. That's Ed Harris voice, by the way. Was it? I, I didn't know that's a, that. uh, Ongoing rumor, or it's the fact yet? Because I've rewatchables podcast talks about it. So Watch fun that. fact, um, stuff. So Dan, we're gonna wrap up. So anything else you want to say? Any last words, parting words? Um, anything that inspirational wise that you want to tell people? Well, I hope that everyone. Does, here's some. Here's the cheesiest line I said all day. You definitely follow your dreams, follow your heart. If this is what you want to do, then absolutely do. I hope that take it seriously and that uh, end goal is something that um, not only that you could be proud of, but then think about showing it to other people and will they enjoy it as well? Like, you know what I mean? Take that extra time, look at your production and, and try to make the absolute best picture you can every single time. Um, and I think that ultimately you will get somewhere. May take a little longer. Um, it's definitely a lot of hard work, mm -hmm. but yeah, love thyself, love your work, be real about it. That's the that's my other thing. The Dan Golden Rule. <laughs> yeah, be real, man. Be real about it. But yeah, uh, I, I think that, uh, that 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 things can be fantastic here in this city. We've got a great city with mm -hmm. a huge pool of talent. Uh, it's just a matter of you know, let's. Uh, get it all tied up and let's get it uh, to that next level. You know? 
Good point. Good point. Um, your social media, by the way, what is your social media for people to follow oh, you? Oh, sure. Well, it's uh, Dark Path VFX on Facebook, and we're same on YouTube. Dark Path VFX. Come check it out. Do you have a gram? Do you have the gram too? Uh, we do have the gram, but we don't play with the gram very much. I should. It's also Dark Path VFX. Okay, as well. But yeah, Facebook mostly. Play with yeah. the gram, man. I know. I know. <laughs> Got to do it for the gram. Well, thank you, Dan, again, for being part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you got to, you know, come out and, you know, talk shop with me. And love hearing your story, too, by the way. Learned so much from you today, especially knowing that you're an actor first and foremost. That's right. So next time you need a leading leading lady. (laughs) Leading lady? I mean, was it Shakespeare play? I'm Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, you're Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, that's a little (laughs) awkward. But (laughs) all right, guys. Thank you again for listening, and remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Also, we have a Patreon page, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, and if you want to be a part of that, I got great plans for the future of this cast, and I can only do it with the love and support of my hashtag Frame Chases. Yes, hashtag Frame Chasers is the hashtag that we like to use for this podcast. Again, guys, we'd like to thank you again, and have a great day, have a great month, have a great week, have a great year. And we'll see you next time. And chase those frames, guys. See ya.